This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunner Talk. Back in with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. Your morning 8am dose of Arsenal information as we go through the day's events over the last 24 hours to keep you guys up to date what's been going on in the world of Arsenal. And there is plenty to talk about, although I would say this this probably feels like the most... Um, what's the worst way, best way to describe it? Probably the most international break day <laughs> I've ever felt like I've done. Scouring the internet, looking for the latest Arsenal news. Some days is more of a challenge than others. And today it was more of a challenge. But there is still some very big stuff that we need to cover, including team news and effective possible lineups ahead of Norwich City. Affected by that said team news. But first of all, I want to wish you a good morning. Hope you are good and well and that you're enjoying a start to the week which leads up to Arsenal's redemption, we hope, against Norwich City on Saturday. If you are indeed enjoying the content, then please make sure you do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. And you can help support the channel by becoming a member, joining our Discord server and getting involved with plenty of good good stuff. You can also vote for us in the Football Content Awards. I'm pretty sure that we're nearly at the end now in a couple of days. And, you know, I won't be bothering you with this anymore. But if you haven't already, please follow the information in the description and give us a vote over on the website. Let's kick on with our first story. Gabrielle and Ben White now back in full training, as we know. Of course, they were involved in the preseason. I say preseason. I say it felt like a preseason game because I feel like Arsenal season hasn't even started yet. But White and Gabrielle training together alongside one another in training. Whether or not this is a signal that they will be starting. Uh, together in the game against Norwich is yet to be seen. We don't know if this could be indications of a back four or a back three. I want to see these two playing together no matter what happens in either formation. It just depends on if we partner them with someone else in a back three or we let them do as they do in a back four. But this could be the first opportunity against Norwich for us 
to see these two fantastic talents play next to one another. Both 23 years of age, lots of potential, lots of really good playing out from the back possibilities. Really interesting to see this moving forwards. Now, another piece of huge news, which I'm sure you will be delighted to hear, is that Thomas Partey has indeed returned to full training already, was part of the team at the start of the week. Building up that fitness has already happened. He has been through his rehab. He's been working on his injury, and he is now building back to full fitness ahead of the game against Norwich. Whether he starts or not remains to be seen. I'm assured that uh, Arteta will be asked this question during the press conference leading up to the game to find out whether or not Partey will be involved in the game against Norwich. Fingers crossed he will be because he could be a huge difference maker for the team going forwards. And we need someone like Partey's transition, his progression of the ball, his recovery of the ball at times in midfield to make that difference for Arsenal in the middle of the park. And I think that we can all agree that he will make a huge, huge difference for us in that position. Moving then on to talking about his possible partner and Sambi Lakonga. Uh, was not involved in Belgium's game. In fact, he missed out on the squad entirely the other day as Belgium beat the Czech Republic 3-0. He came on as a sub in the game against Estonia, about 74 minutes in. He came on for Eden Hazard and really impressed in the 15 to 20 minutes that he was on the field, but was not part of Roberto Martinez's squad whatsoever. And I was a little bit concerned at first uh, when I first saw that. And so... As, as I do, did some chasing up the line, spoke to Sasha Tavalieri, Belgian football journalist, uh, and he assures me that it was just purely for sporting reasons as to why uh, Lokonga wasn't involved. Uh, Roberto Martinez named a 31-man squad for these World Cup qualifiers, which is far more than you need. I think you only need a 20, I think maybe even more or less than that. 25-man squad is usually for like a, a tournament uh, scenario. But when you think about it, you have 11 men on the pitch. And I think there's something like eight subs or something like seven subs. It's, it's not a lot of subs. So the fact that Lokonga wasn't involved in the squad for the game against the Czech Republic isn't a surprise at all. I think Martinez is calling up a lot of young players, a lot of kind of different left field talents to the team so we can try different players out at different times. Belgium do have another game, I believe, tomorrow against Belarus. Lukonga could possibly be involved in that game. That is a little bit irritating that they have Belgium have three games because it means if Lukonga does play any part of the game on Wednesday, he, of course, will then be slightly affected going into the game at the weekend. Um, but Lukonga and Partey, we're hoping, is going to be the dream partnership uh, for Arsenal in the middle of the park as Granit Xhaka is, of course, suspended. El Nenny is also injured. And the only other option we could play in there is Ainsley Maitland-Niles. But we're hoping and we're praying that Sambi Lukonga will return fully fit and ready to play alongside Thomas Partey in the middle of the park. Fingers crossed. Now, Willian has been speaking out ever since his move away from the Arsenal was confirmed. Of course, he has rejoined Corinthians back in Brazil. And he's opened up a little bit about his time back in England with Arsenal. He said, unfortunately, my time at Arsenal was not good. I wasn't happy at the club. I don't need to go into details, but I wasn't happy. And I thought returning to Brazil was the better option. I studied some other opportunities, but I wanted to return to Corinthians, to my home, to be close to my family members. It is the club that projected me me to the world he revealed to me the right moment uh to return was this um look Willian is a player that we know was never ever going to have the desired impact at the club that I think that maybe he thought that maybe Arteta thought and he was just never from what we saw was never going to be that player 
he's moved on. Maybe we can expect some more quotes, some Emmy Martinez-style quotes coming out from Willian in the coming weeks. Um, I don't feel like that'll be the case. I might be wrong. I feel like he'll stay fairly quiet on the Arsenal, to be honest. Um, but Willian has there spoken out and, uh, you know, is what it is. Wishing the best of luck back in Brazil and, uh, and hope he can turn things around. And also that Didier Drogba can stop talking <laughs> about Arsenal for five minutes. Now, moving on to the final bit of today, as we always like to finish off now, is your article of the day to give a read. Link to this is in the description. Yesterday, uh, looking specifically into Max Aarons' start to life in the Premier League and the struggles in which he has faced and how that may have justified Arsenal and Edu's decision not to move the Norwich City right back and instead move for the Japanese international Takahiro Tomiyasu who joins of course from Bologna on deadline day and it's really intriguing when I was going into kind of some of the real in-depth statistics of Max Aarons' start to life at Norwich. Uh, Norwich have played currently against Liverpool, Man City and Leicester so they've had a very difficult start, have, 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 have <laughs> as have Arsenal is what I wanted to say and looking into kind of the way in which he's played and making some comparisons between him and how Kieran Tierney's played on the other side, despite also playing against some really strong teams, it is interesting how restricted Max Aarons has been and also how unrestricted Kieran Tierney has been. You look at the comparative heat maps between the two teams. Tierney's getting way further up the pitch in comparison to Aarons. And before you turn around and say, well, that's because Arsenal have a lot more of the ball. It's not. Norwich have actually averaged a higher level of percentage ball possession at 43-ish percent in comparison to Arsenal's 41% across their three games. And we played Brentford, whereas Norwich played Leicester City and Leicester and Man City. Um, sorry, Leicester City, Liverpool and Man City. And Arsenal played Chelsea, Man City and Brentford. So it is a very interesting comparison about how Aaron's has kind of affected or the Premier League level has affected his performances and how he's been very kind of held back in his play at Norwich and actually looking into why Takahiro Tomiyasu could have been a little bit more of a shrewd piece of business for Arsenal to complete and how tactically he might fit into the team to benefit Kieran Tierney even more. Because buying Tomiyasu doesn't necessarily mean that you have a right back that's going to bomb up and down the right wing and get crosses into the box. But what it could mean is that he slots into a back three as we attack. So we start with a back forward, Tomiyasu at right back, orthodox right back. And then as we attack, Kieran Tierney pushes up, left centre-back Gabriel shifts over, Ben White shifts over and Tomiyasu tucks in. Because previously, if you remember, who was the guy that was dropping in to cover left back when Kieran Tierney pushed up? It was Granit Xhaka. And Granit Xhaka was tending to be the guy that dropped in, which meant we lost a player from the midfield when we were attacking. If Tommy Ass is the guy that tucks in and the defence shifts over, it means you've got Granit Xhaka playing slightly further up or Lukonga playing slightly further up. But what Granit Xhaka has showed is that when he is further up, so in the opposition half, he can play some direct passes into the striker, which he needs to do a lot more of rather than just passing out towards Kieran Tierney. And if you have an extra midfielder in the attack, it makes things a lot more balanced. You don't isolate Pepe anywhere near as much because you've got an additional midfielder to support him. Yes, you don't have the overlapping fullback as much. That can still happen if you were, say, attack down the right with Tommy Asu starting off the attack. But if you attack down the left-hand side, it gives you that extra midfielder. But as I say, I go into a lot more detail into uh, in the inside of the article. So please make sure you give it a read. Link is in the description. And that 
is all of today's news. Uh, believe it or not, it has been a bit of a slow uh, <laughs> international break kind of news day. So uh, please do drop a like on the video still. I am going to go through some of your questions if you do have them. So if you would like to drop some into the chat, feel free to do so and we'll go through as many of them as feasibly possible. Uh, let's go to the Joker AFC who says, imagine a back three of Saliba, White and Gabriel. Midfield partnerships of Laconga and Partey. What is wrong with our gaffer? The fraud! Arteta. I talked about this a lot yesterday on the Arsenal Lounge. I joined Shaheen and Mo and Lev and, and Lee Judges yesterday over on the Arsenal Lounge. We had a good chat about kind of the, the state of the club and the decision-making process behind the scenes and how we would have approached the summer window a lot differently. And Saliba did come up in quite a few conversations. And Saliba, by the way, is doing really well at, uh, at Marseille. And if you want to find out how Saliba does throughout the season, we're doing monthly updates on Saliba. So there is a there's a playlist, I think, on the homepage that you can check out, which is the loan reports. And you can watch our first episode on William Saliba in his first three games. 100% pass accuracy into the final third. 100% pass accuracy into the box. 96 pass accuracy overall from like something like a 253 passes in three games. Saliba has been excellent for uh, for Marseille. He's, fat, he's fitted into that kind of Jorge Sampaoli team absolutely spot on in a back three. And if Arteta wants to switch to a back three, Saliba just seems the perfect option to do so next season, obviously. I, though, personally, just don't think, for me, I don't think that Saliba is ever going to have a career at Arsenal um, whilst... Arteta's in charge, uh, and that's a big problem. Uh, let's go to uh, – let's scroll up a little bit more and go – I saw a question about uh, – Drew says, what are your thoughts on TT's comments about his injuries? As you were typing that, I'm just searching up the comments. He says, I wasn't in good shape. Uh, oh, sorry, I've had more injuries uh, in Italy, and I've had muscular issues in the last two years. I wasn't in good shape, and with that, I couldn't do 100%, or I wasn't happy with the performance – in the last few months. I hope that this transfer will lead to a positive direction and I think <clears throat> we have to move on. Doesn't sound great, does it? <laughs> it doesn't sound the best, the most encouraging of words on his injuries. Um, and we know that, it does, to be honest, it doesn't really matter what a player's injury status is before they join Arsenal because invariably they're going to come and get injured. Um, but that's not the best thing. Hopefully he just comes in, can stay fit and we don't have to worry about that side of things with him whatsoever. Um, Wilson said, is there any truth about Conte to Arsenal? No. Uh, Ali says, what do you think Saka's ultimate best position? I think it probably is. the more. I, to be honest, I go back and forth with this. I like the idea of him playing left. I think that enables him to be a lot more creative. He played on the left for England the other day. But on the right, he's really good at cutting inside on his left foot and kind of putting those in-swinging crosses into the box. I think he's happy on either side. He can even play at number 10, as we know, and has done in the past too. But... I'd like to see him play on the right if Smith Rowe is playing on the left or play him at left wing back. I'd like him in a 3-5-2 uh, or, or a 3-4-2-1 with Saka playing in the left wing back role. I think that that works really nicely. So, yeah, I would go something along those lines. Matt G says, uh, who made the worst decision, Real Madrid, for offering 200 million for a player that they can get on a free next summer or PSG turning down the 200 million? 
PSG turning down the 200 million. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Ron Raj, thank you so much for the donation, mate. Really appreciate it. Ron says, it also looks like we could set up a 3-4-3. Unsure how fit Ainsley Maitland-Niles is uh, and how he fits into it, unless he plays as a wing-back. Thanks for the show, Tom. I think if Maitland-Niles is going to go into a team like that, it would be a right wing-back. I just don't know if he's of the quality level enough and ready to be an Arsenal first-team player yet. I, but I don't know who the alternative would be, bar Tomiyasu maybe. So who's, you know, who's played a lot of centre-back and he's become like, you know, he's transitioning into a right-back role. So to put him into a right-wing-back role, although he has played a right-wing-back for Bologna, it has been done, I, it, I think it, it could be a bit of a risk. But, I you know, I don't mind taking a couple of risks sometimes. Um, Joe says, uh, will we get Conte? What do you think? Mm, I doubt it, mate. I, I doubt it. I don't think Arteta's going anywhere, to be honest. I really don't think he's going anywhere whatsoever. Uh, TT is uh, Tommy uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu, for those that don't know. It's just a quicker way of saying his name. Tommy or TT, um, there you go. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, uh, regarding Tomiyasu, did you say injuries uh, he'll fit straight in? Yeah, he might do. <laughs> he might fit into the trend, that is for sure. Matt G says, who is staying injury fit is more key to our season? Tierney or Partey? I think Partey. I think Partey too. I think that we have Tavares, of course, who can play at left-back if we need him. We've got Saka and then play left-back if we need him. Partey is just such a step above all of our all of our central midfielders. And I know that Tierney is obviously a step above the left-backs, but compared to last season, we've got decent cover for, for Tierney now in Tavares. Partey is just so integral to improving us progressively uh, just with the recoveries of the ball, positional discipline, strength, just the way in which he drives the team up the pitch all day long, Partey. Absolutely. Ian says, hi, Tom. Do you know if uh, Tommy speaks English? Yes, I do. He speaks very good English. Uh, there was a quote which could have been translated. I'm pretty certain that there are limited English affected the likes of Lucas Torreira and it is vital to acclimatise. Yeah, as far as I'm aware... Uh, Tommy Yasu is fine speaking English. He's not like like perfect, but he's you know he can speak English. Like I've seen interviews of him speaking English. Um, I, you hear from the Athletics, James McNicholas, he can communicate in English very well. So yeah, I think it should be fine. I'm pretty sure English is taught pretty like heavily in Japan. Um, it's like I think it's in the curriculum quite heavily. So and I think it's for a lot of countries, but. Specifically, I'm pretty sure Japan teaches English at quite a young age. So we'll wait and see. Uh, I know that sounds really like, you know, silly, but it's true. Like I'm, sh I'm sure I've heard that Japan really puts an emphasis on, on getting its students to learn English at a young age. But you never know. Venkatesh says, view on Madison's performance this season. I genuinely haven't watched much of Leicester, Venkatesh. With my new job at FL and, and with uh, the Arsenal way doing the fan brands group at Reach, it's it's been so heavily Arsenal that my kind of heads to other teams have not really been able to to delve too much into them to watch specific players, watch general performances, but I've not really been able to watch too much of James Madison. Let me just have a look at how he's getting on. Has he done anything major so far for Leicester? Three games, no goals. No, four games, no goals, no assists so far. But that doesn't tell the whole story, of course, so we don't go on raw goals and assist stats. But so far... He's scored less goals. He's, he's assisted less than, than Martin Erdegaard has, <laughs> if you want to talk about that. Uh, Wes Lee says, who do you think will have a better career, Pepe or Martinelli? Uh, probably Martinelli in the long run. Arjit says, Tom, now that Eddie is here, do you think that we should use him as a bench option, impact sub, or so that we can at least keep him relevant 
for possible January sales, but that is concerning for Balogun's future. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, Arjee. I'd chuck him in the other 23s and I'd promote Balogun to his position who's actually committed to his contract. Playing someone like Nketiah after you've agreed a deal with a club like Palace and then he has scuppered that deal, I'd absolutely ostracize him. I'd put him into the into the reserves uh, and I wouldn't use him whatsoever is ostracized the right word i feel like it is uh, exclude from a society or group yeah i i would exclude him from the first team so there you go um let's go to mr harrison carnaby who says hi tom if tt does form part of a back three while attacking who provides the width on the right um pepe or saka on their own and then the right-sided central midfielder supports them that's that's how it would work for me um but it's when i'm talking more so when you're attacked down the left it's when tini's kind of attacking what would happen would be is that Xhaka would drop in to cover him but if tini's now on the ball we don't have to do that because tommy asu can tuck in gabriel can shift over white can shift over Xhaka can push up pepe or saka can push up uh, if you're attacking down the right, then that's when Tommy Yasu gets more involved. But it's about how you cover certain positions. What was happening a lot last season was that we'd attack down the left, Xhaka would tuck in, our right back would push up, but we didn't have enough bodies on the left-hand side to really support the left-sided attack first. I'd rather you added an additional body to the side in which we're attacking to make sure the attacks got more support and more chance of succeeding, um, which we didn't do a lot last season. Um... Oh, Jungle says Japanese English level is awful overall. About 41st in the world for developing countries and worsening with Tommy Asso as a grass. Oh, there you go. I, for someone who lives in Japan, you've told me straight, mate. I, I genuinely, I, I thought it was. That must be something I've read somewhere that was just completely not true. There you go. So thank you for correcting me. Uh, Matt says, I don't want to give you even more work, but an idea for a show, transfer watch list, give an update on the performance of players that we were linked with over the summer. It seems like you do want to give me more work, Matt. <laughs> we're doing loan reports. We're doing daily shows. We're doing reaction to matches. We're doing podcasts. We're doing interviews. We're doing other stuff. What? Uh, let's talk Arsenal shows, preview shows, uh, member shows. I don't think I could fit in that, Matt. I, <laughs> I really don't think I could fit any more into the schedule. Um, so, but thanks for the idea. I appreciate it. Moses, hi, Tom. If injuries rubbish our midfield, what do you think of Tierney in defensive mids? I think I'd rather see Tavares playing kind of a, a wider attacking role ahead of Tierney and then drop someone else like a Saka into number 10 and then move maybe Smith Rowe to a number eight role if it came to it. But I don't think it will come to that. I, I'm sure that it won't. I'm sure that it won't. Um, let's go to Jose, who says, Why were you guys happy beating West Brom with your A team? and then playing like the B team? Was it just because of the glimpse of hope that you guys could stay? I'm assuming by Jose the words, you guys, I'm assuming Jose isn't an Arsenal fan. I think we were happy because we were just, you know, it was a nice break from losing. <laughs> it was just a nice break from losing uh, losing games hand over fist. So, yeah, seeing the seeing the, the, the style of play there, seeing the fact that Odegaard was integrating quickly, Tavares had a good game as well, Aubameyang getting his confidence back. I think there was a lot to be happy about, Jose, to be honest. Uh, John says, I'm expecting a night and day turnaround for the Norwich game, level of competition and full roster. Is that a crazy assumption? No, and I think that we should expect to see a really good performance and a much more dominant display against Norwich. If it isn't there, with all these players back, there aren't any excuses. There are no excuses whatsoever. Uh, GGTV says, how many games do you think Arteta has to improve? I don't know. 
I have absolutely no idea because I don't know if I, if they would get rid of him. Even if he lost against Norwich and Burnley, I still don't know if they would get rid of him. I just think they are backing him so much, so much right now. Wrath of Aries uh, says, uh, it might be a little early, but what are your expectations for the January transfer window? Should we look at offloading more of the Deadwood or look at one or two signings? Uh, January is going to be about outgoings. January is going to be all about outgoings. The only incomings I expect to see in January is if someone's got a major injury in a key position that then lacks depth. That is the only position that I would ever think that we would go for an incoming. But January is going to be all about getting out the lights of Kalasanach and Ketia, maybe El Nenny, like just getting players out of the club that we don't have space for in the team. Um, and we'll wait and see if that indeed does happen. Um, I am going to wrap things up there. I know it's only a short show today, guys, but I'm, I'm massively busy uh, with work today. So I'll be back. Will I be back later? Uh, I might be. Uh, tomorrow, there will be a morning show. Thursday, there won't. Friday, there won't. I'm in London on Thursday. Uh, Friday, I there might be one on Friday. We'll see. I, I don't know. But there won't be one on Thursday. But there will be one tomorrow. So make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. There may be a show this afternoon, this evening. Actually, yes, there definitely will be a show this evening because I think the other half wants to watch Cruella de Vil film. I don't want to watch it, so I think I'm going to do a show instead. That's, that's the right decision. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Absolute pleasure to speak to you as always. Drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new and turn those notifications on so you never miss a show. See you soon. Have a good one. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.